We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast around the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell, as always. I'm here with Jason Pat. Jason, the Bulls season is finally over. Bulls end the year last night with a 118-112 victory over the Milwaukee Bucks. That was a totally garbage game on both sides. Neither team yeah. was particularly trying to win, but uh, the Bulls do come away with the win. They end the season at 31-41. and on the year, Jason, uh, the Bulls had the 21st best offense. Uh, they had the 12th best defense, and they were 20th in net rating. So that's where they were uh, this year as a team that was slightly below average, uh, below average net rating, below average point differential. Uh, mostly the Bulls were just not a great team, but it does seem like it's trending maybe in somewhat of a positive direction at least. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Uh, obviously, you mentioned the, the Bucks game. Uh, I guess technically we'll bring up that the Bulls were officially eliminated. What was that? Friday night, the Wizards eliminated them. Then the Bulls had two games left. I think that was the last time we did a pod. Is right before the Wizards-Cavs game. The Bulls lost to the Nets. Uh, the Bulls were actually trying. I think we're trying in that game, right? No, no, Zach didn't play. Vooch didn't play. They weren't trying in that game at all. Who am I, who am I kidding? That was the other Nets game. And, then, yeah, the Bucks game last night was was absolutely awful. You talked about how like that neither team was really trying to win. The Bulls, it seemed like, were actually kind of trying to win. Like Thad Young and Kobe White both played 30 minutes. Why? I don't really know. Uh, as like everyone was noticing, like I mean, or noting, uh, the the win did hurt them. And when it came to the lottery odds, they went from 26.3% to now they're a three-way tie with the Kings and Pelicans because those teams both lost. They're now they're all at right around 20%. I think it's like 20.3% something like that. So the Bulls winning, beating the Bucks who I think, like, last minute basically scratched all their starters. Because once the Nets clinched the two-seed, Bucks were like, fuck this, we're done, we're not playing any of our good players. Uh, so they put out a garbage starting line. But the Bulls started that. They started Kobe. They started Garrett Temple. They started Lowry, I think, uh, and Patrick Williams. So they, I mean, they put out, like, a, a respectable lineup, uh, and they closed with those guys, too. And, they like, all the starters played 30 minutes. Uh, which is I, why I don't really know. I'm very stupid, and they won the game, and they hurt their lottery odds, which I thought was pretty dumb, dumb like whatever, 6%. Uh, I know we said we didn't want to do any tanking, but I thought last night was a time where they should have tried to lose that game. On the other hand, it also did not help that Ryan Archidiacono hit four fucking three-pointers after hitting like four three-pointers all season. He hit three in a row at one point. Uh, ridiculous. I guess if there was one positive for the Bucks game, we got some Devon Dotson minutes, and he looked pretty good. Good for him. Uh, I think he had a three-pointer. I believe he scored in double digits, had some nice drives to the basket. So finally got to see Devon Dotson with some extended playtime. I wish he would have uh, – he probably should have started last night and given him, like, closing minutes. But at least he looked pretty good. Uh, obviously, the game, like you said, was just garbage. It was a miserable experience, basically, from right from the very start of the game. And now the season is over, 31-41, I believe. I can't remember exactly what their season odds were. Were they, like, right at 30? I know I made a bet with a friend that right, right at 30 wins, and I said they'd go over, so I technically won my bet to get to 31. Woo-hoo. 
Uh, they were right around there, though, right? Like 29-30? Yeah, what I remember seeing was a bet on just winning percentage, and it was at 40.5%. And the Bulls, I think, ended up winning 43% of their games. There you go. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, obviously disappointing after you make these trades. Uh, I think the Bulls, again, as we've said, they've made those trades. They made the trades for Vucevic. You get Daniel Tice, Troy Brown Jr. I think they fully thought that they were going to make this play-in tournament. Uh, it's pretty di- definitely disappointing, and they all admitted it. I mean, Zach did it. A bunch of guys talked today, AK, Billy, Vooch, Zach talked. They, all these guys talked in the last couple of days, and they all admitted that they were disappointed, and they thought that they were, after those trades, they were in a position to make the play-in, and they really – and they really should have. I mean, you go all in for another All-Star like that. Uh, like I said, I think they were five games under 500 at the time when they made that trade. So after the deadline, they go five games under again. Basically, just like they just didn't make any improvements. Obviously, there were some weird circumstances. You have the stuff right after the trade where you're on a West Coast trip. Brutal schedule there, and you're working guys in, no practice time. And then Zach misses 11 games with COVID. If he doesn't do that... What happens there? Of course, other teams are dealing with all this kind of stuff, too. Other teams are missing their own guys. Bulls got some wins because of that as well. So they're all playing on the same level playing field. So the, it is definitely disappointing that the Bulls did not make this playing tournament. Uh, obviously, we're now hoping for these lottery odds, 20.3% to keep that pick in the top four. I think it's like 4 or 5% to get the number one pick. Uh, I do have some level of optimism moving forward with these with Vooch and Zach. Get an off season, get some new players in here, get a full training camp uh, with Billy Donovan. Uh, just a normal season next year, hopefully, where there's not the schedule isn't as jammed in. You have more time to practice and get stuff ready, uh, and you hope guys stay healthy and you don't have guys missing time for COVID and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and hopefully next year we're better. I said I think last pod that I'm expecting low to mid 40s wins, and maybe if everything goes right, they even do better than that. Um, again. They'll have moves to make. AK did talk today, uh, gave an end-of-season just kind of update. He didn't really say much of anything. He obviously said he was disappointed. He talked. He kind of deflected stuff about Zach, extension stuff. Uh, well, obviously, we can talk about that more in a bit. Uh, he, I mean, he talked about Lowry. He said he likes Lowry. I mean, that's, I think he's lip service. I think we both think Lowry's gone. I think most people think he's gone. Didn't really, AK basically just didn't, said much of nothing. I mean, and when, whenever he's talked, he said basically nothing. Like, just pure executive speak. You really don't, just don't put much into it. We didn't see the Vucevic trade coming. Uh, I think he, I think we both think that, uh, that they're going to make some big moves. Or at least they, they're going to turn over some more of this roster because after a disappointment, I think they feel some urgency with, with Zach's free agency coming up. Uh, they know they need to get better. Uh, they, to, I mean, especially when the East, when you have the Nets there and you have the Sixers there and you have the Bucks there, you have some really good teams there at the top. The Bulls know they have to be better. So I do think that, that they do feel some urgency to get things better. And I am semi-optimistic about next season's team, even though we don't know what moves that they're going to make. Looking at the roster, how many spots do you think turn over next year? I mean, you can go down the list. Felicio's deal finally expiring. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, Felicio, was he making over $8 million a year? Around there. Uh, for four years. Somehow finishes the season on the roster. I feel like he's just totally unforgivable by the Bulls. And Very it, strange. It's one thing that, you know, we want to be really excited about the fact that Garpax isn't around anymore, but something like that is just classic Garpax mindset, I feel like. Just, like, letting roster spots at the end of the roster, totally burn. Uh, so that was one thing that really disappointed me. But if nothing else, you know, salute to Felicio for getting all of his money. Uh, where do you think he plays next? Like, he, there's no way he's going to get another NBA he's going, He'll go to Europe. I mean, he, or, I mean, he's what, from Brazil, he's right? Brazilian. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, he'll go He'll go somewhere else. He's not getting another NBA contract, obviously. Uh, who God only knows. He'll play somewhere. I mean, he plays internationally. I feel, I feel like he's, he's played on the Brazilian national team. Uh, he, obviously, he's big body. He's still relatively young. He can go play overseas somewhere, go back home and play or something like that. But uh, thank God he's not on the roster. Yeah, the, you, the point – I think we had talked about this another time. Like, I mean, do we think that was an ownership edict? Like, you can't, you're not not going to buy this guy. It's not like the Bulls are in the luxury tax. Like, they were, I believe, under the cap line or around there. It's not like they weren't. Like, they're literally all just buy buy a guy like that out. I mean, we saw teams buying out like much bigger names, and obviously those are different situations. They want to go somewhere else, and Felicio 
wouldn't go anywhere else in the NBA once the Bulls bought him up. And it's like, are they just like doing him a favor to like keep him on the NBA roster for the rest of the year? But that's just like, it's a terrible use of your roster. Like you can't be doing favors like that for bums. Like as much as like Felicio seems like a nice guy. It's like, yeah, why the hell was he on this team? Because like, all the talk like before the deadline was, oh, well he could be like a trade, trade chip, $8 million, whatever he was making. You could use him in a trade. Trade deadline pass and he's still on the roster. He should have been gone the next day. I mean, and you bring in, you try somebody else. I mean, you, you've seen other teams bring in kind of guys that I know it could be hit or miss. And a lot of times you bring in guys off off the street and they don't do anything. But sometimes you do. I mean, the Nets obviously that's the Nets a good. They could bring in a good player like that. It was There's so been a bunch of these guys around the league all year. There's been a ton of late yeah. season signings. Uh, the Raptors got Freddie Gillespie. Yeah. Nets got Mike, Mike James. James that was yeah. someone potentially could have helped the Bulls. The Nuggets got Austin Rivers. So there were teams making moves around the margins yeah. uh, throughout the entire end of the regular season. The Bulls didn't do it. You can put Ryan Archie Diacono in there, too. They actually have a $3 million team option for him next year. But I think finally, mercifully, Arch will be gone. Denzel, he's got to be gone. Uh, just there's like, and then, you know, obviously this discussion turns to Markinen, who. As you alluded to, the Bulls keep saying uh, publicly that they view him as part of the team long term, but uh, it's hard to believe that given sort of how his role changed as this year went on uh, and that, you know, as we've talked about repeatedly on this podcast, he just hasn't gotten better in four years. So it's hard to see Markman as part of the team's offseason plans long term. So that's another roster spot. So I think we should be looking at, what do you think, five Five roster spots. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, at least going into next year. I mean, the legit ge- keepers. I mean, or it's. I mean, it's really Zach Vooch and Patrick Williams. I think you could maybe Kobe. I know we've talked about like maybe being fifty-fifty if Kobe's there. I would still think he's relatively safe. Uh, I mean, again, we both think that if you look for a trade, you could look for a trade for him if you want. I think you'd have to find something really good for him. I'm just, I don't want to just, like dump Kobe White. Uh, but so that's four. I mean. And then, I mean, Thad and Sato, obviously they have the partially guaranteed deals. Uh, if they want to look for to make to open cap space, like those are guys who could be cap casualties. Daniel Tice, we've talked about, like he might go somewhere else for more money. Um, who else? Garrett Temple's going to be a free agent again. I, I would bring get back Garrett Temple for cheap. I know he dropped off a decent amount after a really hot start of the season, but like that's a valuable vet guy. Like you don't want him playing. Like he play, was playing too many minutes on the Bulls. If you if he's like your tenth guy, like that's fine. Uh, who else? We got Javante Green, another guy. He could be like end of bench energy guy. But uh, again, he's also he's a nothing. Like he's an energy guy. It's like if you want to turn that over to going into next season, either. right? Yeah, and like are you as talking- much as you know, we want to see Dotson, and we were hoping that like uh, you know Dotson could have been part of the team this year. He's obviously uh, super young in his early twenties, so he could be someone with the organization long term, but. If I'm Dotson, why would I re-sign with the Bulls? Like, Billy Donovan gave him no chance to prove himself. He played players that I'm sure Dotson thinks were inferior ahead of him the entire season. So uh, I do think there's, like, part of this Bulls fan base that, like, still sort of views Dotson as, like, maybe a potential piece. Everyone really wanted to see him this year, but I bet he's gone, man. I just don't think the Bulls gave him any incentive to return next year. It was, it was funny listening to the broadcast last night because, like, Stacey and Adam were, like, just they kept, like, t- hyping up all these guys. And it's, like, all these guys, are, they're, like, oh, that could be a, a key rotation piece next year. It's, like, man, if these guys were actually good, the Bulls would have been better this year. But, uh, um, I mean, honestly, there's maybe, like, four or five safe guys. I mean, yeah, maybe even that's a lot. Like, I would love to keep Thad. I mean, Thad was awesome this year. Shout out to Thad Young for having a career season at, what is he, 32, 33 years old. Uh, I think he's $6 million guaranteed on his $14 million. It's something like that. Uh, it, obviously, if there's an opportunity to get to bring in a better play, long-term option and you have to get rid of Thad Young, you'd do it. It'd be nice to trade him and get something for him. Uh, but obviously, I would like to keep him. I think if you're, try, you're trying to make the playoffs next year, Thad Young would be a great guy to have off your bench. Uh, Sato, I'm not as high. I mean, Sato had like an okay year. I feel like you look at his shooting numbers, they were pretty good this year. He's just too many times he's just too invisible and just like, like he's a fine bench guy to have. But again, like if you need to clear some space – to bring somebody in, I, mean, I have no problems ditching Sato. Uh, I mentioned Temple already. Tice, we obviously talked about. 
You mentioned Denzel. I think Denzel's done. I mean, he was he was awful this year. <laughs> he like got off to an okay start. If you look at Denzel's shooting numbers, he shot like 36% overall this year and it was like 32% from three. He was not good. Like after his hot start, he was really really bad. I do not think they should bring him back. Uh, so yeah, it's gonna. I think it'll be a lot of turnover. I'm, I'm coming back to Lowry again. Um, it's, I was tweeting about Lowry earlier today. Because just after seeing the quotes. And I know that was a talking point. He did an interview as well with Casey Johnson, just talking about how like he like he's talking about he he wants to go test that free restricted free agency market. He think he thinks he can still be a focal point of a team. I mean, I'm just reading this stuff, and it's like he wants to go get paid somewhere. I don't. I mean, I just don't see how the Bulls can do it. I mean, I just don't see. You mentioned the role changing. Like he's a bench guy at this point. Like it's so weird because I like I said I tweeted this. He shot 40 percent from three this year. Like he did improve his three point shooting this season, his overall efficiency, but just like. It felt like he got a lot worse as an overall player. Like, it was just the overall production wasn't there. The rebounding sucked. The defense sucked. The playmaking isn't there. Just he basically turned into a spot up shooter. And like, while there is value in that, and like, I think he'll have a decent career because if he because of that, that shooting, like, with the situation the Bulls are in, they just aren't in a position where they could invest those resources in him. Because if you keep him around, like. Where else are you making changes? If you're not trade, signing and trading him, or if you're let, not letting him go to create cap space, like what the hell are you doing with the roster? Then I, again, you can make moves, I guess, with Thad and Sato, or maybe Kobe. But like, I, and also, just someone asked me, like, what do you think Lowry's market is this offseason? Like, what is someone going to give Lowry? Like, would, do you would you think there'd be a point where like he would take like the qualifying offer, which I think for him is like eight or nine million, something like that? Like, what do you think like someone's going to give him in restricted free agency? I have no idea. I mean, probably there are a lot of teams with money this year, so I would guess 14, 15, like 15 million at least, wouldn't you think? Like, if I put the over under at 15 and a half million, would you take the over or the under annual? I kind of think he's under. I, and I yeah. mean, maybe just the shooting, maybe that, that three point shooting and his overall percentages will have someone. I mean, he's still just 23. It's just, we, I mean, we. We've seen it just up close, just saw him mostly stagnate outside of the three-point shooting this year. And, again, by the end of the year, like, he was having so many dud games and just, like, no impact when games actually mattered. So it was just, like, just not an impact guy. I mean, maybe there is still something in there for him, but it's just, like, I wouldn't want to be – I mean, maybe if you just – you have money and, like, you need need shooting, someone will give him him a big contract. Could it be similar to, like – what Kelly Oubre signed? Oubre signed two years, thirty million. Where it's a young guy okay. who like probably wants to establish himself, get back on the market in a couple of years, and sign a bigger deal. But he still has like some latent upside from his draft pedigree, where uh, you still got to give him a pretty decent annual contract. So I could see something like that. Oh yeah, I could see. Yeah, I could see a shorter term deal maybe with that kind of money. I, I couldn't admit like someone brought like in my Twitter mentioned someone brought up like. Give someone giving him like four years, sixty million. I just like I can't see someone making that kind of commitment to him right now. Just he hasn't shown enough to, to do it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe someone will. I mean, some some teams can get crazy. I feel like teams have been somewhat smarter. I mean, we some of the extensions of other guys we saw sign last year obviously have kind of come back to bite them with injury wise. Like there were, what? Like what did OG and like Isaac get last year? Four eighty, four seventy, something like that. I can't remember exactly, but like. I mean, Bertans was obviously one of the comps, and he got 580, and, like, I mean, that's probably not great. That won't turn out great. You know, the Wizards didn't I mean, Bertans was coming off a way better year than he was. Martin yeah. coming yeah. off. So and he's just a better shooter in general. Like, I know Lowry shot 40% from three this year, but, like, Bertans can, like, shoot, like, crazy he's off the move. movement shooter, yeah. He's a movement Range shooter at a level that marketing can't compare to. Uh, you want to go over some of the Bulls' sort of options this offseason, because I feel like... What's interesting about the Bulls' position is that they have a lot of very obvious needs on the roster. They don't really have a ton of flexibility in terms of how they're going to solve everything. Uh, cap space projections, like obviously it's complicated because of several team options and just general cap holds, but uh, isn't it like – do you have any number in mind of how much cap space the Bulls are going to have? Going from what I remember – I don't have these numbers in front of me. From what I remember seeing, like, you can get up to, like, maybe $30 million, but that's, like, clearing out, I think, bad – Bad and Sato. Bad Sato probably dumping Lowry's cap – Lowry's cap hold, I think, is $20 million, which is huge. Again, which – another reason why I think – I mean, 
I'd almost consider just pulling it, not even giving him a qualifying offer and just letting him hit unrestricted free agency. Although I know, you, I mean, ideally, again, maybe you, you sign and trade, I think is probably the ideal with Lowry, so you can get something back for him. But, yeah, I think, like, if you bu- ditch a bunch of guys, you can, like, get up to $30 million. Like, what would you use that for? Again, I mean, there's Kyle Lowry's out there, and we've talked about other guys, Spencer Dinwiddie, Lonzo's obviously going to be out there. Uh, and then, like, can't, they can also operate as an above the cap. They could, yeah. Yeah, right. They, they, they can keep Lowry's cap hold on there. They keep these other guys. Again, and then that you can sign and trade Lowry somewhere. Um, maybe, maybe you trade Thad that, or Sad or something like that for somebody else. Um, then you, you would, so then, that would, like, you can't sign Lonzo to a big offer sheet. No, right. Yeah, I mean, and, like, at this point, I think Lonzo for Lowry is absolutely dead. I mean, Lonzo is just totally. a much better player. Totally. Uh, you're not going to trade, like, a, are you going to trade, like, a first rounder? I mean, I don't know. I don't know why the Pelicans would do it. Like, why would the Pelicans want Lowry at this point? I, I don't really, just, like, and, like, they, I feel like Lonzo makes sense playing next to Zion. So, like, I just yeah. don't see why they do that unless the Bulls, like, really – really gave them something great, but that, the Bulls are out a couple draft picks right now, so, like, I don't really see how they can spice things up to, like, still make that happen. I think Lonzo is just a much better player at this point, so, like, I feel like that's, yeah, that's probably dead. If you so, do operate above the cap, of course, that does keep the mid-level exception open, which I think is about $9 million a year, so that is helpful. If you go under the cap, you do also have the room exception, which uh, I think is, like, five or six, maybe, million so there are still exceptions you can use to fill out with like smaller pieces, whether you go under the cap, whether you stay above the cap. So it will be it will be very interesting to see which direction they go. Like it, I guess it wouldn't surprise me if they uh, operated above the cap and you try to trade Lowry somewhere. Uh, maybe you make other moves because I, in terms of free agency, it's basically it's Lonzo. It's uh, who else have we talked? We've like I said, we talked about Lowry. Uh, we talked about Dinwiddie. You could possibly also trade those, use other guys. Mike Connolly. But, yeah, I mean, there's guys out there. There's guys out there that you get. But, uh, you know, I just go back to the trade deadline when no one could have guessed either of those two moves, right? Like yeah. both the Vucevic trade and then the multiplayer deal that sent out Gafford and Hutchison. You get back Tice. You get back Troy Brown. Uh, there was no, like, smoke out there about either of those trades. Okay. So, uh, I remember when the Bulls hired Karnas Chovis, I thought the biggest area of improvement he could have on the organization is an ability to improve the roster via trades, because Garpacks just never made any trades. Uh, if they were to operate as an above-the-cap team, that could be something pretty interesting, because, you know, we've just been talking about these same names who are free agents for so long, but, uh, you know, there's potentially a, a ton of different options if they're just going to try to pry a guy who, you know, a team is trying to unload. Uh, but like you said, the Bulls don't really have a ton of assets. I mean, they just traded the two first-round picks. Uh, you know, we're talking about how marketing doesn't have much value anymore. So your most valuable assets outside of Mooch and Levine, who are going to be your building blocks, is going to be Patrick Williams or maybe Kobe White. Uh, it would be interesting to see what Kobe White's value is league-wide. He's probably still, you know... Uh, their second biggest trade trip after Patrick Williams. So they're in a really interesting spot because they have a ton of needs, they don't have much flexibility, and they're really going to need to get creative. So if Carter Chavez went into his first offseason with a totally hands-off approach, he really just wanted to, like, wait and see, then we saw that he made dramatic changes to the roster – at the trade deadline, I would expect that this is going to be another offseason where he's making a ton of trades. And quite frankly, he has to because the roster he inherited had a ton of problems. Uh, the Bulls, part of the reason why they missed this, uh, they missed the playing tournament wasn't just because of all the misfortune they had in the second half of the season, like Levine's ankle injuries, COVID absence, but also the fact that they didn't touch the roster coming into the season at all. They could have been better at the start of the season if they would have, uh, you know, turned over the roster more quickly instead of trying to do it on the fly in the middle of the season. So uh, that's what I'm most excited in, Jace, is just seeing what Karnaschovas can do on the trade market. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So here's here's the not something for you. Uh, long fan post over at Bloggable by a longtime uh, commenter, Mike DC. I don't know if you saw this at all. Everything in the fire rides is mustard. Yeah. He, his suggestion is offering up Patrick Williams as a centerpiece in a trade for OG and Inobi. Would you do that? Uh, I would have to, you know, delve more into Ananobi, but, yeah, I've always been high on Ananobi. I think that, uh, you know, potentially, but, like, also, Michael Pino was on our podcast, and he was talking about Patrick Williams being the centerpiece for Siakam. Yeah. So I'd rather have Siakam than Ananobi. I do think Ananobi's pretty awesome, and Ananobi would be a perfect fit next to Levine and Vucevic. Like, you basically need defenders on the level of Ananobi, uh, you know, maybe Patrick Williams is a somewhat similar archetype, right? So, like, yeah. maybe you can get there. But just in my eye test of it, I would say that Ananobi is a significantly more agile and impactful perimeter defender. Yeah. Whereas Pat's biggest strengths defensively lie near the rim. Uh, Pat is kind of a liability defending on the perimeter. I think that he's gotten better from where he was at in Florida State, but that's why the Kawhi comps never really made sense to me, because Kawhi's like the best perimeter defender of the generation, right? Uh, And Pat, you know, I guess you could say he has some obvious physical similarities with Kawhi, just in terms of size and weight uh, to an extent, but, you know, we don't know Pat's wingspan. I don't think he had a... He didn't get measured before the... I I don't know if I ever... You know, Kawhi's like, what, a 7th... Four, seven, three. Like the biggest hands guy. in the league. <laughs> the biggest hands in the league, right. So, uh, yeah, Patrick Williams is their biggest trade chip, man. And they're they're going to have to get creative somehow. So that's going to be one thing that's going to be very, very interesting to watch over the offseason is uh, does he get flipped? Does Kobe get flipped? Who's all coming back? What do you think of a possible Levine extension? Because that's going to be – that was also in the news today. Levine commented on it at the – post-mortem press conference, and it's going to be a huge talking point. So uh, do you want to sort of go through some of the options that Levine could have or just give a brief overview? Right, of yeah. So, like, if the base extension that they can give is only, like, four years, I think 105, 106 million. He's not taking that. Obviously, he shouldn't take it. That's bullshit. That's, and and that's, just, that's just league rules, basically. That, that's the most the Bulls can offer him. He's not taking it. Uh, if the Bulls operate as a cap space team, they can use cap space to re- renegotiate and extend his contract uh, and give him like a $30 million deal uh, extension for like three or four years, I believe. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but that's that's just it. They can use cap space to give him more of a like a max level offer. Um, I think there was also like if you would have made all NBA this team, I think that or this year, I think that would. Uh, I think that would also have an impact on what they could possibly extend him for, but he's not going to. He's not going to be a top 15 guy. I mean, he, he had a great season. Uh, I, we haven't even said Shout out to Zach Levine for having the best season of his career. Uh, he was absolutely awesome. It was a real shame that he missed those 11 games with COVID, but Zach was truly a pleasure to watch this season, scoring the ball. Um, he was just awesome. I mean, just so, getting buckets all the time. I know he still has his flaws. We've we have always questioned how just how good he can be as like a top guy. Still don't know if he can actually be like top 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 alpha guy on a championship team. But he is definitely way better than I ever thought he was going to be. So a salute to Zach Levine just in general for that. Uh, back to the contract stuff. I think Zach's going to look for as much money as he can. And he basically came out and said that 
uh, said that today at his press at his press conference. Said like he he's going to go try to get the money that he deserves that he knows that he can deserve. He they kind of like said they kind of deflected the stuff about the extension stuff in general. But he basically just said like you know he's I'm like a bargain deal right now, uh, and he should go get paid like he deserves. And that uh, it would be I feel like it would make more sense for him to wait until unrestricted free agency in 2022. Uh, he could potentially get a, like a five-year, like two hundred million some dollar deal. I do think that there's a chance. I believe if he like made All NBA next season, I think that would give him a higher. I think that would give him like the possibility of the thirty-five percent max deal, like thing of the cap. I'm not totally sure. I'd have to really brush up on some of those rules, but like I feel like it just makes more sense for him to hit unrestricted free agency. I mean, I do. I get, understand the idea of like locking yourself in and helping you. Whatever, um, it's getting that security right now. But, uh, I mean, he's, what, 26 years old, he's coming off a career season. Like, there's no reason to expect – unless obviously there's the injury factor, but, like, no reason to expect next season on a, on a, a should-be better Bulls team that he'll put up similar numbers, hoping maybe he won't shoot quite as well, but that he can have another big season and be in line for that huge max contract as an unrestricted free agent. I feel like he should go try to get all that money. <laughs> Yeah, so basically shoot for All-NBA next season. It's possible if the Bulls improve the team uh, to the point, you know, if they continue to make these aggressive moves. Like, obviously the Bulls are in win-now mode, right? Like, they traded the two picks for Vucevic. The Bulls are trying to do everything they can to win as many games as possible going into next year. That's obvious. So, Levine, hypothetically, if the team is, you know, the sixth seed in the playoffs or something, and they have this big improvement similar to the Hawks or the Knicks this season. Uh, I guess it's possible Levine lands an all-NBA spot. Uh, it's just such a high bar, though. Like, when you go over the teams this year, like you basically have to be – like, Jimmy Butler had an incredible season. He missed a lot of games, uh, but, you know, he's maybe going to be third-team all-NBA. So to be a top 15 player is a super high bar to clear – if Zach could get a 30% uh, max contract, and annually, do you know about what that would start at per year? But uh, a 30% max would be a huge payday, and to me, that wouldn't really seem like giving the Bulls a huge, huge break. Uh, it would just be a way to eliminate a lot of risk on his end. So I wouldn't be totally shocked if that happened, but, uh, you know, I'm not sure if the Bulls want to do that right now either, just because they have so many other holes to fill. Yeah, and again, like to do that, you have to use the cap, go with the cap space, right? right? So like, like would they do that to give them that 30% max with using the cap space? I mean, they'd have to open up a good amount to do that. I think it's like 14 million or something like that to get them up that high. Uh, would they just be willing to take the chance of him making all NBA next year and getting up to 35%? Maybe. I mean, I, th- I feel like if he did, if they did do that and he was great next year uh, and they make the playoffs, I feel like they'd probably be happy to give him a 35%. I mean, it's obviously a bit more, but like he's one of your cornerstones in his primes. So, like you'd think that whatever, like they'd be fine to take that chance. I don't know, but uh, it will be very interesting. I mean, obviously I think we're both on the, I mean, I guess we haven't even talked about like, I don't think I think trading him is like completely off the table at this point. Like I don't even know what you would trade him for. You would have uh, to get someone better then. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, and like that's just not happening. Uh, I mean, and especially with Vucevic. I mean, they didn't trade for Vucevic to then go flip Zach Levine unless again, yeah, unless you're getting like top ten superstar. Like I would like. I mean, we talked about I think Beal on our last one, and like there was the rumor about Bulls like going after Beal in 2022 when he's a free agent. Uh, like I probably wouldn't trade. I mean, would you trade, like, I mean, just, like, straight up, would you trade Zach for Beal straight up right now? Like, Beal's probably, what, slightly better at this, like, a little bit better at this point? Like, I don't know how much better Beal is than Zach at this point. Like, Yeah, I mean, Beal had – yeah, they're pretty close for sure. Uh, Beal's 27, Zach's 26, so the age thing isn't a huge difference either, but Beal's actually about to turn 28. He's going to turn 28 at the end of June. So, uh I don't know, man. Like, it's like if they were going to do stuff like that, though, I think the key would be to be appealing to free agents, right? So, like, uh, Vucevic alluded to that today at his press conference. He said, I think this is a place where other players are going to want to play. Karnashov has talked about it publicly after the press conference was that they want the Bulls to be a free agent 
destination. I think that that was a big reason why they did the Vucevic trade, and I think it's a reason why you can't really relitigate the Vucevic trade in the present. You yeah. kind of got to see how this trade is going to impact how the franchise is viewed league wide, uh, and that could take a few years to you know to see how that happens. Basically, until Vucevic's contract expires, so. Uh, these are all big things, I think, uh, hanging over the team. And it's just interesting because they don't have, like, an obvious move to make, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, they don't. But, again, the Vucevic trade, we didn't really – Pete saw it coming. He, was, he predicted that. Uh, not many other people saw that saw that trade coming. So maybe they'll come out of nowhere. And uh, I guess in, – and in the NBA, like – Stuff changes very quickly. Guys get upset with their situations. Guys ask out. Things like I said, things change like that. And maybe again, even though the Bulls aren't really maybe in a situation where, in terms of making trades, like another huge trade, maybe not. And they do have, again, they do have Patrick Williams and Kobe White as pieces, and like they do have trades or pick draft picks like way down the road that they can offer up still. So like maybe if they can get in on something like that, that that's a possibility. Uh, they, I think they could play the cap space game in 2022. I think a lot of people have turned to 2022. Like we, to, this off season was like supposed to be all oh, big, uh, big like free agency class, and that didn't happen. But I feel like that has kind of flipped over to 2022 now. And I already brought up Beal. Let me look at the Bulls cap situation right now for 2022. Because obviously this year it's kind of we talked about that already. Yeah, I mean, I guess they really. I mean, obviously Zach, you think will be on the books, but besides that, it's like it's clean. You have Vooch, whose contract is descending. Remember that, which is another reason why I think that trade is pretty good. Like he's making twenty six million this year, but then only twenty four next year, and then twenty two million in twenty twenty two. So like, even though he'll be what thirty two, thirty three by then, like I think his game should age decently well. Like he's just a super skilled player. He's big. He's not really like reliant on athleticism or anything like that. So like. Him making like twenty two million in 23 I think will probably be a bargain super deal. Team friendly deal. Yeah, super team friendly, and then you'll have Zach probably on whatever big contract he's got, and then like I mean you have Patrick Williams, you still have Kobe White if you have him around, uh, and then the rest of the books are pretty clean. Like obviously, who knows if Troy Brown Jr. will be a long term piece. What we'll see what they do this off season with guys. I mean maybe they just. Try to do like one, like if they don't make any long term deals this offseason, like maybe they try to keep the books clean for 2022 and you, you make a run at Bradley Beal or some other guy that might be available. I'd have to look at the, the actual list of guys who might be available in 2022, but I mean, I guess that is an option where if you make some moves on the margin for next season uh, and you, you hope the full year with Vooch and Zach just leads to more wins and a, you're a playoff team and then you attract another big name in 2022, I mean, I think that is a Decent, maybe a decent option. I know, I know we like, we just talked about how we think they're going to change over a lot of the roster, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they have to be big changes. It's just like they could just mean getting rid of a lot of the garbage pieces and bring in like better stuff on the margins, and that can that can really help you if you just try to become a better team, get to the playoffs, show that you should be a place where guys want to play, and then maybe you get a third star in two years from now. I mean, I don't think that'd be the worst, I guess, worst uh, route to take. Yeah, if they were gonna do that, I'd like to see them. If there was any way they could like get Lowry, yeah, sure. yeah. Like I don't know what Lowry is gonna command on the open market. I bet he probably gets at least two, three years. I would guess. Uh, you know, his market will be super fascinating. I think, but he's still a really effective player. Uh, would be nice if they could get a short-term option. I think that sort of aligns with Vucevic's contract. So like, Vucevic has two more years on the team left. Uh, you might as well align yourself with that and then extend Zach even further. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And, uh, yeah, Lowry probably – he's, what, 35 now? I could – I think we talked about this last time. Like, I could see him doing a big two-year deal, like, a, with an option on team on year two. Um, so maybe, like, a two-year 50. I think he's making 30 this year. I don't know if he's going to make, like, 30 a year again, even if it is a short-term deal, but – yeah, two years, $50 million. So, like, if, I guess if you want to go the Cavs race route and throw Kyle Lowry, a huge contract, a huge short-term deal, uh, and you roll with Lowry, Vooch, and Zach next year, I mean, you obviously bring toughness, solid defense. You'd have to fill out some other parts because I think you'd in that situation you'd probably be losing Thad, losing Sato. 
losing. Is there any probably. chance you think he could have like a CP3 like effects? Like I know that their games aren't really similar uh, <laughs> from that perspective, but uh, the Bulls did have such a huge need for what Kyle Lowry could bring to the team. I, I mean, he's healthy. He, I mean, he is still very good. I know, like, you, like his numbers aren't like super impressive, but like. He just does so many things that help you win games. Again, he just—I mean—he's a grinder. He's a winner. He can hit. He's not afraid to take big shots. He's—I mean—he's a smart player. Uh, so, like, I, I would say I would not say on the level of CP3. Like, CP3 is like literally playing at an MVP level still. Like, Lowry's probably right. a tier or two below that. But like, uh, I feel like the upgrade would be pretty huge. So, I mean, I guess if you have like those three as your best guys, and then you still have Kobe, you still have Pat. And you fill out with some other, you know, like Troy Brown probably. If you fill out with some other guys around the roster, like, like I mean, that's a team where you would expect them to win. I think again, you'd expect them to win mid forties as long as you stay relatively healthy, maybe even better. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's a terrible option. I would at least look into it, but uh, we'll see. I mean, like I said, they, as we talked about, like they, uh, we didn't we didn't see the boots trade coming. Maybe we won't see what what uh, what's going to come this offseason. I'm excited though. Like I said, the expectations should be raised. Uh, I don't think, like, I know people are concerned about, like, championship stuff, like, and all that. Like, I mean, we're not we, – I we shouldn't really be thinking about that at this point. I know that's the ultimate goal is how do you figure out how to get, win a championship at this point. But, like, the Bulls have been so shitty for the last four years. I mean, again, I think they are the worst team in the NBA over the last four years since they traded Jimmy Butler. they got to get to a point where they're respectable first before we're thinking championship. And, like, you bring in a guy like Lowry if you did that or you bring in another really good veteran – some veteran players, and you get to the point where you w- win 40-some games next year, maybe you win a playoff series or at least compete in a playoff series, uh, and then you hope you make that next big move after that, and then that's how the, how you get into like legitimate contender status. Maybe this is all pipe dream stuff. Uh, we're just looking for something here. For crying out loud, like I said, we've been, the Bulls have been so shitty now for four years. We just want to watch some good basketball again. Like I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't like the title or bust like mentality in general. I want to see them be good. I want to see them be fun. Uh, obviously, to become a title contender, a lot of times you need a lot of luck involved. And uh, just get them to be good, and then maybe get lucky and they get in title contender status sometime in the next few years. I wouldn't count on it, but you never know what can happen. A lot of things can uh, – stuff can change in the NBA real fast. In terms of the lottery, I know that a lot of people were really upset that their odds decreased yesterday. My mindset with this is that the Bulls are losing the pick. <laughs> so I know, like, it would have made sense to lose the game, mathematically increase your odds. But I just think that that pick is gone. Or, you know, they did move up last year when uh, they hired Karnaschova. So maybe Karnaschova, if he could move up twice in a row, that would just really totally change that would help. everything. That would change everything, and they could land a top four pick in this draft, which I just don't expect. And I'm not even going to be, like, super invested in the lottery from the Bulls' perspective, in my opinion, because my expectations are at zero. <laughs> if I'm pleasantly surprised, cool, definitely not counting on it. Yeah, maybe uh, – what is that the hope that, like, them not trying to lose – Last night's game, maybe the, the basketball gods will bring some karma to them again, some good karma, and uh, they'll get lucky again. Yeah, if they actually did get lucky and they moved up top four and they kept that pick, I mean, obviously you can tra- you can draft a really good player that maybe is that like turns into that other superstar you need. Again, that doesn't really match up with the timeline you have right, you have right now. Um, but if you keep that pick, you can then trade it after the draft. They couldn't trade it before the draft, I believe, but I believe they could trade it after the draft. Um, and I mean, maybe that could help get you get you that big third piece, third star that you need. It really would. It really would be helpful for that to happen. But uh, again, the odds are against them. Eighty percent chance that they lose it. Again, and as we did say, like if they losing like the eighth or ninth pick is kind of whatever. We've seen the Bulls pick. In that, in that area for a while now. It just really hasn't worked out. And it's one of the reasons why I was totally fine with the trade and still am fine with the trade. It's like just like playing the draft game after a while just sucks. And, like, unless you're really bad and, like, you should be tanking, like, I just don't like – I mean, the draft of the game could just be a pain in the ass. You're in a, in a spot where you're picking but, not top five and you're picking, like, outside and not, or, like, whatever, not the top picks, and you end up picking – 
guys that end up being a bunch of role players, and you just kind of cycle in this like same spot. So that's why I was totally fine with that. For sure. The last eight draft picks before Pat, we've read off this list before, yeah. just makes me not feel very attached to that idea of a draft pick. It's okay to trade a future first-round draft pick. I believe that to be true. So uh, what is interesting, though, is that it's just another uh, asset lost for a potential trade. Yeah. So curious, if you could have one pick back, would you want the 2021 pick or the 2023 pick, uh, if you can only get one of those back? I guess my thought process on this is that by 2023, the team could potentially be a lot better. So this pick might be more valuable just in the sense that it's yeah. a lot better. I'd say probably this one also because, like, I'm just not patient. I'd, like, like to have this one just to have it uh, yeah. because it could be high, and you could use it in that trade, like, right now. <laughs> And like just so not just a lack of patience. Probably would rather just have. This it would one. also be nice to be able to use the 2023 uh, pick too as a trade piece. You know, like, uh, like whatever they, they use it to they use it to get another star level player. So yeah. you gotta give up, give up some stuff to get stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't know. We will see. Uh, I'm trying to think if there was anything else that we haven't really covered. Again. Bunch of the guys talked today. Uh, I know Zach talked about having Kobe and Pat working out with him in like Seattle or LA, so that was good for them. Do some team bonding stuff. Again, AK didn't really say much today. Uh, Lowry did not talk to the media, but then he talked to John or not John, to Casey Johnson. Did an interview. Go, go check that out again. The way he was talking, he wants to go get paid and play big minutes. That's peace. Lowry is probably is what I'm saying there. Uh, I think that's about it. This is uh, is another. Disappointing year of Bulls basketball. Not quite as miserable as the last few. Obviously, the Jim Boylan years were a joke. Uh, the first year after Jimmy trade had like one good week, but of course that like ruined them their chances of getting like Luka Doncic. Uh, and then the Boylan years were terrible. So like this year saw there was some improvement. It wasn't all bad. Again, Zach was awesome. Dad Young was awesome. They trade for Nikola Vucevic. You can argue, and we will argue for a long time, for a while now, the, the, the merits of that trade. We'll see in the next couple of years how it works out. But I, I guess just the bottom line is, like, I, I'm not feeling terrible about the Bulls right now. Like, I'm feeling okay, again, slightly optimistic moving forward. Um, yeah, I think that I'm not, like, totally down. I've, we've been so cynical, obviously, on this pod uh, for a while I mean, the last couple of years, and I don't know. I'm feeling just a little bit better. Like, we were so psyched about the trade. Ricky, go ahead. You're definitely – I can see your eye. You want to say something. Well, I'm just going to say that, uh, you know, hopefully when we look back at the kind of show is there five years from now and we'll think back to this first year, we will say this is the year the Bulls stopped being an embarrassment. Yeah. Uh, Garpax was gone. Uh, Jim Boylan, long gone. And the Bulls actually did acquire another all-star level player. Levine went from a question mark in terms of if he would be here long-term to totally establishing himself as a foundational piece. Uh, And, you know, the Bulls, I think, are set up for a better future going into this offseason than they have been in any of the previous offseasons since they traded Butler. So hopefully at this point the Bulls are no longer – an embarrassment league-wide. Now, that isn't a high bar to clear, and they still have a ton of work to do, uh, and they're basically going to have to get creative to do it. They're not going to pull off a move like the Nets did, where they just acquire Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant over the offseason. That isn't going to happen for the Bulls. The Bulls have to get creative. They hope to be, I think, you know, long-term, a franchise that can compete for the top tier of free agents. Uh, but to get to that point, they are going to have to make a lot of short-term gains. And 31 and 41 is just not good enough. Uh, net rating said they were the 20th best team in the league. All right, sure, they're the 20th best team in the league. Uh, that's that's not exactly mediocre slash bad. <laughs> really, hang your hat on. Yeah, right. So there are some good vibes. They have a long way to go. Uh, and we'll really see what happens. Like, this is going to be the ultimate test of Carter Chavez. Like, up to this point, he's obviously made the big move for 
Vucevic, but he totally sat out the last offseason, which I still sort of disagree with. Like, Markkinen's trade value was probably better coming into this season than it is after this season, right? Uh, Thad Young's trade value, however, is significantly better this season than it was after his first season with the team. So, uh, you know, what Karnaschovas has done to this point, I think, is defensible, for sure. Uh the Bulls are not exactly on a track to be a really, really super good team yet. It's possible they could become that with the foundation of Vooch and Levine. Uh, but, you know, unless you really think that Patrick Williams is going to be a top 50 player within the next two years. I like, did want to bring up with that, something that I feel like Billy talked about Patrick Williams today. And it's something we've obviously talked about, just him needing the ball more, him needing to be more aggressive. I mean, it does seem like... Uh, the way Billy was talking, I mean, just the way Patrick Williams even talked, that, that they were trying to get him to be more aggressive, and that, like, they're trying to get that out of him. It's just like, it just seems like he was not ready for that yet. You know, I just don't really like how everything is framed in terms of aggression. Sure, yeah. Because then it all lands on Pat's shoulders, and yeah. really it lands on his head, right? So now I feel like when Pat is talked about in those terms, the only thing Pat is missing is aggression. I think Thad Young had a quote today that said, when Thad develops that killer instinct, watch out. Well, now the whole fan base is looking at Patrick Williams, and they're like, does he have the head? Does he have the heart for greatness? Because it's the only piece he's missing. Like, I kind of think that's bullshit. Like, uh, the guy has some obvious long-term upside. He has some unique physical talent. And he has, I think, some latent skills that you could try to develop. But it's on the organization to put him in the best position to succeed. It's on the organization to develop him to be the best player he can be. So just saying, like, oh, the only thing Patrick Williams is missing is aggression. That's exactly like Kawhi Leonard. Fuck that. I think that's totally unfair to Pat, who really, like, the Bulls set him up to have a very difficult rookie year. And in my opinion... Pat did about as well as he possibly could. He yeah, I, think, I believe that, yeah, I think that was a quote. It was either Billy or AK. It's like, you know, like, like no, we, like, asked so – they said that they asked, like, a lot of him and, like, almost too much of him this season. So, like, yeah, I mean, you nailed it there. Keep going. Yeah, and, but, you know, I do think it comes down to the fact that, like, the best way to learn, I do think that it could just be going through it, potentially, just, like, seeing the patterns and stuff on the floor and uh, just, like – under learning the speed of the game, that's always a big thing for young players coming into the NBA. When the game starts to slow down for them is when they sort of level up in their careers. So Pat had a crash course in it. I'm not going to say it was definitely the wrong way to use him, but I think that, uh, you know, moving forward into next season, having a more defined role for him I think would for sure be good. Do you think he should be the, three or the, four, the starting three or four next season? I would love to see him as the starting four. And that would mean the Bulls would go small and fast around Levine and Vooch. But honestly, dude, if they're going to put Patrick Williams at the four, they almost shouldn't sign a point guard. They should just let Levine and Vooch handle the playmaking and then just try to get two star-level defenders next to Levine and Vooch. Like, when we talk about the Bulls getting a third star, uh, so often we just think of, like, points per game or, like, offensive production. But they should get a defensive star, really, next to Levine and Vucevic because uh, the defense is – even though the defense finished 12th, it's so crazy that the defense finished better than the offense again this year. And I – you know, I just looked up some numbers here. So after the trade for Vucevic, their offensive efficiency was 22nd in the league. It was 110. Uh, the defense was 12, 111.4 was their defensive rating. And that kind of just matched up with, like, the full season. Basically. It really did match up with the full season, yeah. The full season, they were 21st in offense, and, yeah, they were exactly 12th in defense. So, yeah, it totally matched up with the full season, but uh, you got to be thinking the Bulls' offense is finally going to be better than the defense next year, just with Vooch and Levine, but those guys are also going to need to be available for the, for you know, the majority of the season. So, uh, their availability is going to be huge next year. That's going to be a big theme. And then get some high-level defenders around these guys. Like Even though they finished 12th in defensive efficiency, I still view the Bulls as having major defensive question marks uh, yeah, going into the next same. season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I think that's about it. Actually, I just saw I just saw this on Twitter, and I wanted to give a shout out to my guy, our guy, former Bull Tony Snell, who had the first 50-50-100 season of all time. Tony Snell hasn't missed a free throw in like two years. He's only taken he's only taken like forty some of them, and since like twenty nineteen. But uh, and I think he missed a lot of time. So like this was on pretty low volume. But I think he, he whatever qualifier was out there, Tony Snell hit it 50-50-100. Uh, good shout out to the the plus minus god. I mean, like, all these guys, like all these former bulls, like have kind of been showing out. Like Portis, uh, in, incredible shooting numbers. Portis, yeah, great with Milwaukee. Cameron Payne, incredible backup point guard with the Suns. Yeah. Tony Snell with his fifty fifty one hundred thing. Uh, Daniel Gafford, amazing with the Wizards. I saw yeah. some stat I think from was it Fred Katz who tweeted or it was somebody. It was either Fred Katz or Chase Hughes uh, about how like. I think he Gafford in the, since the trade had more assists from Russ than like any player for, like any Bulls player before, like this season. So like sure. obviously just like great fit there. I think Doug McDermott's like had a decent season for the Pacers. Obviously right. this isn't us saying like the, they, those guys should still be on the Bulls. They they mostly all sucked with the Bulls or they had their flaws. They needed to move on. But I guess kudos to them for uh, going and playing well elsewhere. I think Nikola Mirotic is still killing it in uh, Europe. I think with is he with Barcelona or Madrid or something like that. All these former and obviously there's Jimmy Butler who is still one of the top ten players in the NBA. But uh, uh, shout out to all these all these former Bulls bums who are who got kind of killing it around. So it's kind of fun to see this. You know, it's an indictment on the Bulls' development process under Garpax, for sure. I mean, that was one thing that Karnashova said, is that they really wanted to emphasize internal development. Uh, I'm not totally sure we saw that too much from the Bulls this year outside of Levine. But, uh, you know... I think that Cameron Payne turning into a great player, too, that probably goes a little bit beyond the Bulls in terms no, of... No, that wasn't the Bulls. Cameron Payne was legitimately terrible with the yeah. Bulls, and now he's awesome. It's one of the most feel-good stories of the offseason, so, or of this entire season, I should say. So Cameron Payne in the Phoenix Suns, he's going to be the first guard off the bench, right? And, yeah. Uh, he's been pretty terrific backing up CP3, backing up Booker, so... It'll be fun to watch those guys in the postseason. It'll be fun to watch Gafford in the play-in tournament, and uh, a lot of a lot of former Bulls are gonna have big roles as you alluded to. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean that yeah, playing so that, uh, that's exciting. I think the playing stuff has worked out pretty well. Obviously, it gave the Bulls a chance. We got Lakers Warriors, which is like a dream playing matchup. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. Um, the Celtics Wizards one will be very interesting. The Celtics are just kind of reeling, and the Wizards have been on fire. We'll see. I know Bradley Beal is going to try to play. I think those games are tomorrow, Tuesday. Or the Eastern Conference ones are Tuesday. Weston is on Wednesday. Then the playoffs start up this week. Or, and there's obviously the other play-in games after that once these first few happen. And then the playoffs start up this weekend. So another year without the Bulls in the playoffs. But playoff time is always super exciting. We'll, we'll obviously be paying close attention, be tuning in and watching some of these former Bulls. We'll see we'll see how Bobby Portis does in, in the playoffs. I think this uh, he was obviously in the playoffs with the Bulls, but he's in the, uh, a lot of these guys I just mentioned they're gonna be, they're gonna be playing in the playoffs. So uh, good for them, um, and it should be exciting. I think that we should wrap it up here. We've been going for a while. Um, again, full season is over. Thirty one forty one. Fourth straight year without the playoffs, sadly. But, uh, again, as we talked about this entire pod, some reason for optimism. Bulls will have to get creative this offseason, but I'm looking forward to it. Offseason is always a lot of fun. And now with this core in place with Zach and Booch, they do have two star players. Uh, hopefully they can build a good roster around them. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, the draft lottery is not until, I think, the 22nd, so they're still like a month away from that. So for right now, it's just kind of – uh, we're just kind of hanging out here for a while. Obviously, we'll be paying attention to the playoffs, as we said. Uh, Bulls stuff will probably be quiet here for a bit. Uh, we'll see if there's any rumors that come out about guys like Lowry, about possible Zach extensions, stuff stuff like that, any possible moves when the offseason does start. So we'll see about that. We'll be here to talk about it, obviously. But um, that'll do it for us here today at Cash Considerations, wrapping up this bowl season. As always, shout-out to the Blue Wire Network. Uh, with the playoffs coming up, if you want to get other great NBA content, so many great NBA pods all across the Blue Wire Network, go check them all out. And of course, we have other great pods as well, not just NBA. For us here at Cast Considerations, please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings to let us know how we're doing. Leave us comments. You know where to find us on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Ricky is at SBN underscore Ricky. So for us here at Cast Considerations, Chicago's podcast, 
That is putting a bow on the 2020-21 Chicago Bulls season. We will talk to you guys next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.